I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? 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 I think you can in Europe. Welcome back to Whelmed, a podcast full of science that will neither overwhelm nor underwhelm you. It will simply leave you pleasantly whelmed. This is because we don't cover the big game-changing science studies. All you need to do is turn on the TV to see those. And we also don't get down into the mind-numbing annals of science, which in my experience is anything to do with validating a new instrument. We cover science that doesn't seek to answer a big question. We cover science that has a pleasantly simple result that's relevant to our everyday experience as humans in the 21st century, such as Tinder, Missing Teaspoons, and Red Lipstick, which we've covered in the last three episodes. But onward and upward again, today I have a new guest star, Amne. Hi, Rory. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to meet you for the first time. I know, it's like we've never been around each other before. It's so great. (laughs) How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Rory? I'm feeling really good. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Could use a bit more coffee, but... Let's go grab some after. After. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So, Amna, you are a scientist of days past. I'm a terrible scientist. I should have my (laughs) science degree revoked. But yes, I'm a medical scientist. (laughs) And now you have your own online presence as well. That's right. Totally not in the science world. So I run a blog called The Unveiled Thought, where I write about, I guess, general world issues from the perspective of a Muslim woman in Australia. Oh, sounds um, very... (laughs) Niche. Niche. No. <laughs> I've got like, my market Sounds like covered. a very light blog. <laughs> yeah, totally. No no serious issues at all. None. Third culture identity crisis, nothing, yeah. Nothing. Well, great, because um, I knew you were coming here today, obviously. Surprise! <laughs> I know that you have a blog as well, mm-hmm. all to do about issues facing, I guess, Muslim women yeah, in yeah. the 21st century in yeah. Australia. And so I hit the Google Scholar and I hit it hard. So exciting. I just, I Google Scholar hijab. Perfect. (laughs) First thing that came to mind. And I found a great little study. Uh, It's all about hijabs and hitchhiking. How exciting. This is my thing. (laughs) This is your thing. Um, So for those of us who can't see you, you yourself wear a hijab. That's right. Yep. So there are a couple of different um, coverings that Muslim women wear. So I think I'll I'll run through them from the like most covered to the least covered, the most scantily clad. Yeah. So uh, the one that people like to talk about is the burqa. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a covering from top to bottom, eyes covered completely. And it's a very um, uncommon Islamic head covering. And it's basically um, an Afghani thing. You don't really see it too much outside of Afghanistan. So when people talk about banning the burqa, it's kind of already non-existent. Um, <laughs> and then you've got the niqab, which is um, a head-to-toe covering where half of the face is covered, so a woman's eyes are exposed, but otherwise pretty much covered. Then you've kind of got the shador, which is a very Iranian thing that sits kind of in the middle. Very loose garment that covers you from, again, head to toe. It's like a little – it's like a sheet that you kind of yeah, wrap around. Yeah, it's you. like a big – you know those grow bags made for babies <laughs> for, for big Muslim women? Um, and 
I think it looks really comfortable. I think you look like a, with the Shador, the pictures <laughs> I've seen, you kind of look like a, a lovely halal burrito. That's exact. Oh my God. Yeah. They, they are halal burritos. <laughs> I reckon they are really un- uh, comfortable underneath. Um, but again, very Iranian thing. You don't really see it here in Australia. And then of course there's the hijab, which is just a headscarf, which is the sort of thing that I wear. And then women do it in all different styles. So is the hijab the most common? Yeah, definitely. Would um, you say it's also the most um, liberal kind of clothing? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the most liberal outfit you could wear is your birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're talking about Islamic women wearing Islamic coverings, then yeah, yeah sure, hijabs okay. are the most liberal. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I have, actually have a question about the burqa, if you'll indulge Oh my me. God, totally yeah. go for it. Have you ever worn a burqa before? Nah. No. No, not my thing. Because the eyes are covered as well. Yeah, so there's a complete gauze. I... I, seems... I can't imagine wearing one. I mean, I've jokingly, like, worn a niqab and, like, covered yeah. my face just because it's funny. Um, but, no, I haven't worn a burqa before. Because mm, I just I feel like it might be dangerous to cross the street if your eyes are partially Potentially. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Unless it's, like, those, you know, giant costumes where, like, Barney surely had somewhere that he could see from, right, mm, in true. his dinosaur costume. Oh, true. So... We should look to Barney for <laughs> Yeah. So I reckon women in burkas are living the same way Barney did. <laughs> They're like the soul of Barney. <laughs> Very warm, I imagine. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the study we're discussing today is called Hijabs and Hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely little study, and I'm going to run us through it. Go on. So it was a field study... And the field study was conducted on a street outside a shopping mall in Iran. Mm-hmm. They looked to measure the difference between the hijab and which they call a liberal garment. Gosh, I need to come over here. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the shador, which is what they say is a conservative right, garment okay. in Iran. So this is basically like comparing a blonde woman with a brunette. Yeah, in cool. in like um in a Middle East context. <laughs> yeah, well, right. A, well, I guess in an Iranian context. Right. Perfect. Particular. Yeah. And so they had a woman wear either a hijab or a shador, mm-hmm. and they measured how many men would stop to offer her a ride. <laughs> I love this. This is so great. I'm already feeling so whelmed. <laughs> so the field study was conducted on a street outside a shopping mall. Yeah. The street was well lit and had a decent amount of traffic that moved slowly. Great. Yeah. Perfect for hitchhiking. Yes. Hmm. So one metric woman was placed <laughs> on this street on two separate Monday nights at 8pm. Right. Um, I think we should maybe give this woman a name. Yeah. <laughs> I keep referring to her as the woman, the woman, the woman. I reckon we should give her a really ethnic name. Like, can it be like Fatima or something? Fatima? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, two separate Mondays at 8pm because consistency is a great thing. Absolutely. Mm. On the first night, she wore a hijab. And on the second night, Fatima wore the shador. Is there a reason they picked Monday nights? Like, are people nicer on Monday nights? I thought people would be grumpier That's on what I think, too. Like, no one's getting in my car on a Monday night. There's no way. Mm-mm. No, they didn't say. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting choice. Mm. You'd think, like, maybe Friday, people are feeling a bit more Yeah, more exactly. Looser, yeah. yeah. Uh, the volunteer wasn't wearing makeup on either occasion. Right. So, no red lippy. So we've removed some of the variables, so it comes down to the outfits. Yeah, Yeah, see, I'm an okay scientist sometimes. (laughs) If you listened to last week's episode, or the last episode rather, you know that if she was wearing red lipstick, then she'd be getting all the men. Totally. Yeah, (laughs) very powerful. (laughs) Very, very powerful. Uh, So the experiment lasted until a thousand cars had passed by. Gosh. 
Though the observer stopped counting briefly when a car stopped to offer the woman a ride. Okay. Just to make sure that she was okay and to also record the person's sex. Fair enough. So, uh... So this was like a counter and a bouncer, basically. Yeah. Great, yep. So the volunteer did not actively signal people. Wait, how, she's a hitchhiker. How did they know that she needed to be picked up? <laughs> she just stood there. <laughs> <laughs> so people are pulling over trying to pick up a woman just standing there. Yeah. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't even trying to hitchhike. She was just, just standing on the street looking uncomfortable. I think I'm more concerned about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. And yeah, the, the observer um, recorded the sex of the people okay. who stopped. Sure. Spoiler. They're all men. Of course they were. (laughs) Bless you guys. Okay. Lastly, Hmm. when anyone stopped, the volunteer was instructed to repeat the following. Okay. Hello. (laughs) I am waiting for my fiance. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then they would be ushered away. (laughs) Right. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So that's the method. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it so far? I'm I'm more concerned by the fact that people were trying to pick up a random woman just standing there in the street who isn't soliciting Mm. a pickup. No, she's just standing at the edge of a mall, Mm. just, I guess, looking glum. And the way to get rid of men is to tell them that she already had a man. Like, that's great. What an excellent reflection of society. Love it. (laughs) It's definitely a good um, good one for the feminists, mm, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, in total, 2,000 cars pass by, yep. obviously. Yep. Yep. Uh, weirdly enough, the researchers report the education statistics of Iran, but then they never bring it up again. Okay. So, in, in, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. they do report it. 44% have a secondary education oh. and 7.8% have a university level education. Great. But it's not relevant because it's never brought up. And it's how are they going to check with these random men whether they're educated That's or right. not? That's right. It's, hello, I'm waiting for my fiancé. Please tell me your education <laughs> status. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of the time growing up when we would talk about like getting married as young Muslim girls, we would talk about like having a husband resume where you just, you know, have these oh, check yeah. boxes of all the things yeah. you'd need. Of course, education status would be like right up there. Right up there. Yeah, of course. Are you a doctor? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> doctor, lawyer, engineer. If not, my parents are not going yeah. to approve of you. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, you ain't getting a blessing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> All right. So here's the result of the two thousand cars. Two hundred and fifty-three stopped to offer Fatima a ride. It's that's still really creepy because she wasn't yeah. looking for a ride. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so that's over twelve percent. That's a lot of people. It is. That's very nice. It's a lot of people. She had to tell that she had a fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Shador, yep. 39 men offered her a ride, which means that in the hijab, mm-hmm. 214 <laughs> offered her a ride. I mean, obviously hijabs are far more seductive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like when I think of a seductive woman, I imagine a woman in like a black hijab. <laughs> Very form-fitting. Yeah, standing in front of a shopping center. Like that is the height of human sexuality right there. <laughs> What's well, really funny you should say that, because I think we're going to talk about that in a second. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, like, that's a pretty big difference to begin with, though. Absolutely. 39 versus 214. Yeah. And after running a chi-square statistical test, mm-hmm. which we all that know. That means nothing to me, Greg. <laughs> I secretly don't know either. <laughs> um, the difference between it was found to be significant. Statistically. I mean, it sounds significant, just like... Yeah, the shit. Orally. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only test I, don't I needed. I really need statistics <laughs> yeah, to tell no, me. that's right. <laughs> so previous research into women's appearance and hitchhiking, mm. because there is a plethora of it, mm-hmm. suggests the strongest contributor to men offering a ride 
to a woman is if the woman is smiling. Women who smile are twice as likely to get offered a ride, according to our old friend Nick G, who was the star of our last episode. Right. But in this study, the woman wearing the hijab was over six times more likely to get offered a ride. So the researchers suggest that this is the strongest association described to date. But do you reckon that maybe she was smiling, I guess depending on the woman, if she was a woman who never wore a shador before, she'd feel really uncomfortable standing there in one. I would. So maybe she was smiling more in her hijab. Mm. Mm. So... Obviously, uh, just to finish my point, it's, yeah. um, it's obviously very specific to Iran. So it is, <laughs> yeah. it's a very strong contributor in Iran. I guess you couldn't extrapolate the results to Australia. No. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. So your, your point on um, feeling uncomfortable in the Shador, they yeah. do talk about how micro expressions can change a men's, um, their state of attractiveness yeah, toward absolutely. a woman. So if she was, I guess, feeling uncomfortable, like your micro expressions do show that you're yeah. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that could be a contributor. See, I'm a scientist. But they do say that she was instructed not to smile. Oh, gosh. So why were people pulling over to pick up this unsmiley, (laughs) creepy woman? Bloody Fatima. Yeah, come on, Fatima. (laughs) Smile, love. (laughs) (laughs) Why Why so sad, Fatima? (laughs) (laughs) So this builds on an alarmingly huge research base into how men perceive female sexuality and Mm. attractiveness. I say it's alarming because there is so much of it. And while I was Google Scholaring, I just ended up in this huge Google Scholar hole (laughs) of just all these crazy studies about... Like how women are found to be more attractive if they're wearing red or sitting a certain way. Yeah, of course. Or their hair I mean, I think most women know this sort of stuff intrinsically and, you know, we talk about it and we complain about it and people tend to think that we're crazy and we just needed a study in Iran to show us that (laughs) men are disgusting. It's great. (laughs) So previous research suggests that uh, this effect is seen because uh, men find women who wear more liberal clothing more attractive. Sure. Yeah. Mm. As a suggestion of like their um, sexual promiscuity. Right. Yeah. Women in hijab absolutely yeah. trigger. <laughs> like, wow, she must be really promiscuous. Yeah, that's what I thought was so bizarre. <laughs> I'm just like, could you ever really say that a woman in a hijab is I mean, to be fair, when I moved away from home and came to Canberra yeah. and lived alone as like a Muslim woman, that's a very. Yeah uncommon thing to happen and so people were very confused and were convinced that i had multiple boyfriends and that's why i'd moved to canberra to be like a little bit more promiscuous even though i've always (laughs) drawn like one nothing but long outfits and hijabs so i guess (laughs) well who knows (laughs) um so they said the researchers say that in iran more liberal clothing is easier to detect given the uniformity of dress across the country So they say that men in Iran may place stronger associations on dress and sexuality than perhaps in other countries, which may contribute to the size of the effect that was seen in this study. Yeah, look, potentially. I'm also wondering whether a woman in a Shador didn't kind of make people think that she came from a really conservative family and so they didn't want to mess with that. Like, you're not going to pull up to talk to this woman who has a bunch of brothers who are going to kick your ass. Oh, no, that was also said as well. Oh, A woman in a conservative dress probably um is sexually guarded by her family members yeah, and like friends the so. men are going to come and yes. smash you if you try yeah. and pick her up yeah okay i reckon that probably has a bigger a bigger effect. influence yeah oh. if i think about it hmm. oh, interesting but in case in, in the case of uh their suggestion that it's just easier to detect uh, yeah yeah i guess in a western country it's like you've got so many different 
aspects of women which are always showing like yeah, the hair true. and nails mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of things and yeah. in a place like Iran it's just but they're all in the hijabs room. there aren't they that's it's a pretty common thing to be wearing a hijab yeah I'm pretty sure it's against the law not to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. it would be interesting to see actual pictures of these women and how they looked oh do you want to see a picture yeah totally oh. Right, Not I'll... that your podcast viewers, <laughs> listeners are going to be able to see, but I will. Oh, because they gave, they gave the pictures and ah. none of them are particularly form-fitting. Oh, wow. She looks yeah. really promiscuous in that hijab. <laughs> especially the, the black, it's very seductive. I actually think she looks like she's part of the military in this clothing. <laughs> or she's... Maybe that's why they picked her up. They thought she was a copper. I actually think she, she kind of looks like a ninja. In... A little bit. Well, I mean, the other one kind of looks like she's a ninja too. <laughs> She looks like a very comfortable halal burrito. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> Not delicious enough to be picked up by the men. Oh, poor fat. I know. <laughs> so as is the case with all of these studies on the attractiveness of women mm. that I've read, and I've read a lot to date, um, I struggle to find a relevance that can be applied practically to the real world. But don't get me wrong, I think it's lovely that we can answer these kinds of questions (laughs) using science. It's just what do you do with it next? Yeah, what do you do with it next? And I really struggle. Mm. Um, What do you think? I mean, I'd like to say that men men would be a lot more, um, you know, self-aware if we said to them, hey, you tend to want to pick up really hot chicks as opposed to ones that are slightly less hot. You should be less jerky, but I don't think it's really going to have a practical difference. Mm. And I don't think it really matters. Like, you don't want to get to the point where you're controlling anyone's thinking. Like, why do you only yeah. find this sexually attractive? You need to find all of these things. That's right. So, like, yeah, what do you, what do, you do with it, Rory? I mean, you tell I, me. I, I briefly thought that um, perhaps if um, there was, like, a lot of, set, like, a peak of sexual harassment or something, like, this kind of research could go, f- you could use this research to be like, Mm, wear more Shadors. But, yeah, but, but then I, it comes back to like, well, that's victim blaming. Exactly. And that's horrible. I think that's that's exactly part of the problem is that yeah. a lot of this research would go towards telling women, see, if you cover up a little bit more, then men are going to be less horrible to you, yeah. which shouldn't be no, the message that we're terrible. putting out there. Exactly. Yeah. And I wonder whether, say, like the Iranian government in all of its like conservative wisdom would see a study <laughs> like this and be like, right, Shadors for all of you because <laughs> hijab is fucked too skanky like (laughs) let's not let them know that this is happening because i imagine that's how it would go yeah well the science in this study is it's simple um it's very whelming and it led to an outcome that i found particularly whelming Mm, i'm so whelmed right now yeah i mean i'm just not sure what you would do with it and i don't know i don't understand its relevance but it is whelming it it's it would be interesting to do a similar study here where you know you had a regular looking woman and then a hijabi girl and see the difference in uh, yeah. people's ability Actually, to pick them up. I think I did read in passing a, a similar research article mm. conducted in America right. about whether men would pick up um, a woman wearing a hijab. I reckon no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but probably for, I mean, I haven't read it, yeah. so I probably shouldn't make these spurious claims. Let's do it. Let's make assumptions. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I actually think it might touch on what you said earlier that... Yeah. Um, a woman wearing a hijab in America mm. might be perceived as having like a vengeful family. If um, Totally, who yeah. are going to honor kill her and you and mm. <laughs> everyone else. And I reckon most people assume a certain thing when they see a hijabi girl. Like I know that I'm like the epitome of an under-promise and over-deliver because people see me <laughs> and they're like, oh, 
import doesn't speak the language and then <laughs> I start speaking and they're like wow why don't you have the big accent so I always just impress people it's great that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I mean I think that could be convenient sometimes oh if it's you didn't great want to talk to them. <laughs> like, no oh, English <laughs> or even better is to like we're talking about female sexuality like the Habib accent is like really sexy I hear so if I'm like yeah. oh bro you look so hot bro <laughs> you know that could yeah. that could maybe do it you know I love that accent I know I'm really glad that you found an excuse to I just had to find the right place to put yeah. in I should have done this whole thing sounding like that it would have made this uh, a lot more authentic yeah. I think I would have got five stars on my <laughs> yeah. tunes. I'm like, I just see talking like this, bro. Like, bring back a bib. <laughs> my people, this is um, what we're here for. Well, I found that very whelming. I hope you found it whelming too. I did. Thank you very much for whelming me with no that. Worries. I am going to store it with all of the other useless <laughs> things I know, like Backstreet Boys lyrics. <laughs> like, uh, useless? Mm, <laughs> maybe not. Time and place. Well, I've had a great time. Thank you, you for coming and being with us on Whelm today. Thank you. What is your latest article about? On, on um, That's a good question. I think the last thing I wrote about was headline something like stop trying to strip me and it was in response to the burkini ban in france and basically this concept of people wanting to liberate me by literally taking my clothes off and how Mm. that's probably not the greatest way to do it (laughs) sounds like a great read in fact, I have read it and it's great. <laughs> so if people want to find your blog, how do they find you? So they should go to unveiledthought.com and have a look-see. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of the other fun things. Do you still Not- have your own app? I do have my own app. <laughs> people can download my app. I forget about that one. I don't have Snapchat, though. That's for the cool young ones. But. That's true. Mm. Oh, well, I don't have most of that. <laughs> I am on Facebook and SoundCloud on both. You can find me at Whelmed Podcast. And if you've liked the podcast today, please head over to my Facebook and give me a like and give me some feedback if you'd like. If you'd like me to cover anything in coming episodes, please let me know. I'll do my best. We'll see what Google Scholar has to say on the matter. <laughs> But in the meantime, thank you for being with me today. I'll see you next time. See ya.